You're listening to NapaBroadcasting.com, Napa Valley Radio for the way we live now. Thanks for joining us here once again on NapaBroadcasting.com. You know, one of the things we talk about a lot, particularly with respect to politics, is grassroots organizing, electeds and would-be electeds, getting out among the people and really making contact with the community. It makes sense, right? So why wouldn't religious leaders want to do exactly the same thing, to get out among the people, to get out of the traditional, often stodgy houses of worship and really talk to the community? That's what our guest, Niles Goldstein, the new rabbi at Temple Beth Shalom, is doing. He's here today to tell us about it, and he's joined by Robert Solomon here in the studio. Thanks, guys, both of you, for coming in. Thank you. to be here. Niles, first of all, uh, talk a little bit about this idea, and I know you talked about it in, in the Register story about you recently, about what you see as important about getting out of the temple and getting out among the community. Um, Well, thanks again for having me, Jeff. It's good to see you again. I think it's really important for contemporary congregations um, from whatever religious stripe to, to get out of their comfort zone, to really meet people where they are. You know, I'm a rabbi, and there's actually a Talmudic principle known as Ba'asher Husham, which means, you know, go out and meet people where they are. In Christianity, missionaries have been doing that for centuries and centuries. Um, in the Jewish community, we have a group called Chabad, Lubavitch. They've traveled all over the world to, to meet people where they are. But it's not just about geography. It, it's also about context. So when I had a congregation in Manhattan, we would have events at um, art galleries, at, at Irish pubs, you know, in nature. And now that I'm the rabbi here at uh, Congregation Beth Shalom in in Napa, I want to apply some of those same ideas. So, for example, uh, we have an event next week called Spirits and Spirituality, where we're going to do um, a program that interweaves uh, drinking, you know, great spirits with teachings on mysticism. Drinking is always good. Right. (laughs) Drinking and eating is always good uh, in Napa Valley. Um, On November, uh, I'm sorry, February 20th, I'm going to be doing a uh, presentation on one of my books, God at the Edge, uh, at the Napa Book Mine. Mm-hmm. Um, we have plans to do programs uh, up Valley in, in vineyards. Uh, we have something else in April that'll take place at Jessel Gallery, at an art gallery. So I, I really believe um, firmly in balancing programs that happen in the synagogue or in a house of worship with others that happen outside, because there are a lot of people, for whatever reason, will never set foot in a church or a synagogue. Right. So I don't want to give up on those people. I want to go out and, and, and meet them where they are. Well, talk about that. What is the, the object of the exercise? To bring them into the congregation or simply to, to make them aware of some of the things that are going on, even if they never become part of the congregation? Well, I, I want to to engage with them. You know, I have a, a product. My product is is Jewish life. And, you know, I want to spread my own gospel. I think it's a, a wonderful thing. You know, I wrote a book called Gonzo Judaism. I think a lot of people think of Judaism or religion as this dogmatic, staid, stuffy uh, field when in actuality, in my view at least, it's a bold, irreverent, sometimes even countercultural uh, thing. And in my work, I've been a rabbi 23, 24 years, some of the most fascinating people I've ever met 
are people who don't believe in God, who would never walk into a synagogue. And I want to build relationships with them and, and see if I can excite them about their identities as, as Jewish men and women. And how did the older, more traditional members of the congregation react to that? I think if it's a forward-thinking congregation, if it's a forward-thinking community, they're fine with it. You know, you have to balance in-reach with outreach. You, you can't ignore the needs of your, your core constituency, you know, your base, so to speak. Base. I hate to use that word. <laughs> but, you know, you need to, to, to look beyond yourself. And it, it, in my experience with CBS Napa, you know, my, my, my leadership um, is very, um, in, in very much in favor of these efforts. When I mentioned uh, old, stodgy, traditional, Robert I raised, raised his hand. hand here. <laughs> well, you respond to that. Yeah. Well, I'm kind of the poster child for the kind of person I think Niles wants to reach because by any uh, standard, you would con- you would consider me sort of a, a disaffected Jew in, in a sense. Um, I was completely disconnected from the synagogue, but I was attracted to CBS not so much because of matters of faith or matters of observance, but because of matters of community. And everything about uh, CBS speaks to the matters of community. It, it's to Niles's point, if, if, peop- if you can't draw people to the synagogue, bring the synagogue to the people. And things like Spirits and Spirituality or his reading at Napa Bookmine are just evidence of extending out into the community, not just to people who are Jewish, but to the the community at large to see if we can engage them in conversation. And I think this is extraordinarily um, invigorating and uh, hopeful, I think. And do you, Niles, do you have your own kind of metric for success in, in doing this? You know, that's a, a great cr- question, Jeff. I worked for a couple of years early in my career as a program officer at a Jewish foundation in Manhattan. And they're always interested in metrics. Right. You know, is their money actually doing what they want it to do? I find it very, very hard to develop metrics uh, for a faith-based organization, for a congregation. You know, you can look at membership. That's an easy metric. You know, are we growing in terms of the number of people who are joining uh, our our community? Um, Is our budget increasing? So that's a very obvious metric. Are we reaching more and more people? Beyond that, it's really hard. You know, I can tell you, you know, one of my metrics for success is am I am I touching people's lives? You know, there was a kid and I talked about this with the search committee during the interview process here. Um, There was a kid who was about 12 years old, 13 years old at my former congregation in New York, whose parents were going through a horrible divorce at the time. And I was spending a lot of, of time uh, working with this kid and trying to help him have a decent experience during his bar, about mitzvah, his, his bar mitzvah process when his personal life was so awful. Um, and I didn't know until 10 years later what a positive impact I, I had on him. So sometimes, And that made me feel you know, wonderful. That's what it's all about. So sometimes you just don't know for, for a long period of time the kind of impact you have as a religious leader on a member of your congregation. So some metrics are clear and some are much more inchoate. What is the nexus then with other faith-based community leaders as far as you're concerned? Well, I'm part, I, I joined very early on because interfaith relations, interfaith work is very important to me. Uh, I worked for a time in Chicago with the Parliament of the World's Religions. Um, my books often draw from other religious traditions. So I joined early on with the Napa Interfaith Clergy Council. Uh, we held a peace vigil 
uh, right after the Charlottesville mm-hmm. um, incident. Uh, we have had a number of other events, including Martin Luther King uh, Day of Action and Compassion. So I'm very much involved with uh, with the uh, clergy council here, and I just want to do more. I've already developed some good professional relationships and even some friendships. Mm-hmm. You know, when uh, you were installed, when 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 Niles was installed as rabbi, of, what was it? A couple months Dis- ago, early December. We we um, had. Um, uh, Julie Webb? Uh, yes. Uh, Lutheran pa- minister. Yes, Pastor Julie actually attended. It was actually a good sign of interfaith support, the fact that a friend from another religious community joined and actually participated mm-hmm. in what is, in many respects, a fairly solemn moment, the installation of your, your formal installation mm-hmm. of your rabbi into your congregation. So that's just one indication of yeah. the way this works. And Jeff, if I could just add one more sure. thing, since we're talking about interfaith um, issues, you know, I, I feel strongly, and, and I think Robert and a lot of members of CBS feel the same way, that, that we really want to reach beyond just our own parochial you know, uh, boundaries and develop relationships beyond just the Jewish community, not just in Napa, but beyond. So, for example, in early April, and I just uh, finalized this this morning, um, a friend of mine who's a priest, he's in his early 80s, Vatican II-era priest, who basically lived and worked his entire career uh, in Central and South America during the tumultuous political years in the 60s, 70s, 80s. Mm-hmm. He was arrested um, in Chile under Pinochet. He's got fascinating stories, and he's going to be in the Bay Area, and he's going to come up and speak to our congregation on a, on a Friday night. So I think the more of those kinds of things we can do, the better. And paradoxically, as a rabbi, I feel that by bringing in non-Jewish speakers or secular speakers, you know, it can really advance our mission as a Jewish institution. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really important to look beyond the narrow confines of our own particular faith tradition. How does it do that in your view? How does it expand the scope of of the institution? I think it it, it keeps us uh, on our toes. It keeps us vibrant and and healthy. I think people can very easily, and, and institutions can very easily become complacent and comfortable and just do things because they've been done that way in in the past. Um, I know that when I've been involved in interfaith dialogue with ministers and priests and imams and, you know, Buddhist lamas, it only reaffirms my commitment to Judaism, even though I learn uh, an enormous amount about them and their religious traditions. it, It really reaffirms that I'm in the right place. So I think if it's done right, um, it's not a threat. It's actually an enhancement. Mm -hmm. Talk about some of the other things, and we'll come back to talk about spirits and spirituality in a bit. Talk about some of the other things you're kind of looking to do down the road. Well, I'm, I, I've mentioned uh, this dialogue with, with the priest. I'm going to have another one of these conversations in, in late March with a Buddhist monk from Tibet. He's going to come in. We're going to promote all of these throughout Napa. Right. Um, uh, so those are a couple things that I think will be really compelling for the wider Napa community. Uh, we mentioned the book reading at Napa Book Mine on February 20th. Uh, we're going to hold an event with Pastor Julie Webb, who Robert mentioned before, and the Lutheran Church in town. We're going to do a program um, at Jessel Art Gallery uh, connected to the themes of Passover and Easter, rebirth, renewal, springtime. Uh, and then, you know, my hope is that we'll do some kind of event uh, up Valley um, in one of the, the vineyards. Beyond that, you know, the sky's the limit. We'd like to maybe do something with Copia uh, down the road or, or CIA uh, also up Valley. 
you know, food, wine, as you know, nature, you know, to me, it's a no brainer in a place like Napa to do offsite programming that that takes advantage of, of where we are, which is such a unique uh, situation. And tell us specifically about spirits and spirituality, because that's coming up in a couple of days. Yeah, well, the good news is it's sold out. <laughs> the bad news is it's sold out. Right. So we're, we're, we're holding this uh, on February 13th in partnership with uh, Napa Valley Distillery. And um, I did something similar when I was in Manhattan. And essentially, we are going to um, have this program that is going to, in a very um, warm, casual environment, I mean, for anyone who hasn't been there, I would highly encourage them to go. Uh, Napa Valley Distillery has set up this tasting salon that, that looks like almost a prohibition era uh, a saloon. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful place. And so we're going to incorporate these tastings um, with uh, probably I'll, I'll do some sort of a teaching from Eastern European Jewish mysticism uh, connected you know, to the idea of vodka, probably. But in the future, if we do more of these, which is my hope, we'll bring in guest speakers, maybe from other religious traditions, to somehow thematically link some sort of a spiritual teaching with some sort of a spirit. And, you know, this is geared for people, atheists, seculars, secular, non-denominational. You know, we just want this to be a, a fun event for people in, in Napa to, to come to. Go ahead. And is this the first event like this <clears throat> that you're doing? Yes, this is going to be our very first event. We're very heartened that it's sold out. Yeah. Uh, but we, we, I intend to do more of these uh, in, in the months ahead. Mm-hmm. And Robert, talk a little bit about what you hear from other members of the congregation in terms of how they're how they're responding to this. Well, if you spend any time at all at CBS, you get a sense of how uh, strong uh, the com- sense of community is. Many of the people there. I mean, there are lots of reasons why you can be a member. It can be faith based for sure, or you can be observant for sure. But for so many of the members that I've witnessed, it's all about community. It's about being with one another. It's about helping one another. um, And it's being part of something that feels just a little bit special. So if you were to attend on a Friday evening, I think you would find a, a powerful sense of fellowship there. And I think everybody has felt really, really warm and welcoming towards Niles as a rabbi, especially because he's so open and accessible. And there's kind of a a wonderful amalgamation of a a spiritual sense with an intellectual bent, which I think really serves the congregation very, very well. So my sense is completely positive. He's been here for seven months or a little bit. Almost eight. Almost eight. Feels like eight years. Feels like eight years with the wildfires and everything else. Yeah, it has been, yeah, it's not been an easy time to be here, but we've been uh, just I'm, I'm an audience of one, but I, I'm extraordinarily happy that Niles is here. And I think I speak for the congregation when I would say that all of us feel um, incredibly positive about it. Well, great. I'm sure we'll uh, talk more about some of these events as uh, as they come along. I appreciate you coming in and telling us about it. Thanks, Jeff. I would love that. Yeah. Rabbi Niles Goldstein, Robert Solomon, thank you both. Thank you. Thank you. Wine, food, talk. NapaBroadcasting.com.